Thank you very much um, for your introduction. And good afternoon. I mean, good evening, everybody. <laughs> good evening. Um, I am very delighted to be here today to talk about my research. And I'm assuming the fact that you're here means that you're interested. Maybe even remotely, <laughs> you're interested in the subject. Um, let me, this is my, the title of my talk today, The Rise of Ikumen, uh, Child-Caring Fathers in Contemporary Japan. And what I'm going to do is, um, the, this is an outline of my talk. Um, I would like to first talk about um, sort of an overview of Ikumen and from traditional and historical viewpoints. And then I want to explain about fathers in contemporary Japan, which is followed by uh, the rise of Ikumen. And decline in birth rate is one of the con uh, contributing factors to the rise of Ikumen. So I want to pay a little bit of attention on that subject as well. And then um, childcare leave policy. Um, some of you probably know that um, we went through major revisions of this back in 2010. So I want to explain a little bit about uh, new child care leave policies as well. Then I want to go into my own research findings. And there, uh, I've been collecting so much data, um, probably almost too much to analyze. Um, but anyways, I want to share some of uh, my research findings, um, one from my survey research and the other one from uh, interview data. And then finally, um, I'd like to make some implications from my uh, research in terms of what my research findings can contribute to policies, education, and practice, and so on. Okay, so this is the content of my, uh, of my talk. So let's first talk about traditional Japanese fathers. When you uh, think of a Japanese father, what are some of your images? Um, Japanese fathers, yeah? What are some of the images that you may have? Don't look at this. <laughs> uh, Japanese, okay, fathers absent, absent fathers, okay. Quiet. Not involved, okay. Anything else without looking? Maybe you can think of a, a typical sort of salary man type uh, fathers as well. Um, but of course, when you look at Ikumen today, you, you see the different image, uh, definitely. But traditionally, Japanese fathers, um, authoritarian fathers or fatherhood has been emphasized in Japan, which uh, in this um, sort of a proverb shows that fathers are like, um, I mean, earthquake, fathers are like earthquake, Thunderous and fiery fathers. In Japanese, this is jishin kaminari kaji oyaji. They rhyme, you know. <laughs> anyway, so these um, these words really indicate that Japanese fathers had to be like an authorita authoritative figure within the family. And of course, that goes uh, well with this uh, economic provider or pillar of the family role. Um, you know, men uh, at work and women at home. Um, then, in my earlier work, I interviewed fathers, and, uh, and they were talking about how they maintain their authoritative figure from their kids. And they said one of the ways to do it is to keep the arm's distance, because many dads are just can be as emotional as their, as their wives, and they don't want to show that sort of a tearful kind of face uh, to kids. And in order to maintain that kind of authoritative image, they don't want to get involved so much with kids. You know, they may play a little bit, they may take the kids to shopping and so on, but they don't really want to um, discuss in detail about kids' problems and such. So, so there were lots of dads in my earlier research who, who literally said, I'm, I'm keeping the arm's distance from my kids so I don't really get emotionally involved with my children. But that was a very typical of fathers um, in the, the 70s and, and 80s. Okay. Um, Given those traditional images we have about Japanese dads, uh, have they really been distant from kids all this, you know, all this time? 
And there are some interesting writings about dads in Edo era and up, which I, of course, review in my book. But let me just describe that in Edo era, most of the dads were really concerned with educating their eldest son. And rather than relying on their wives to educate them, they took over the educator's role for their oldest son. And, and if you call it a paternal involvement, yes, it is. I mean, they were involved in educating their son. But then, um, when we moved to Meiji, to pre-World War II era, which is a big span, but uh, there, has been a, there was an emergence of authoritarian type fathers. Those fathers who, uh, who keep a distance, a little bit distance from their kids. And then post-World War II era, you see the typical uh, salary man fathers, economic provider fathers. And, and this is the, the you know, baby generation, uh, the corporate warrior generation. And many fathers were absent, physically absent, from home. Um, so this is, a, somebody mentioned the absent dads. But this is where, when we saw most of absent dads during this period. And now, after 1990, there's been a rediscovery of uh, fathers' roles. Um, and in fact, there's been some interesting debate about father's role. On, on one sort of a more conservative side, they were saying that we should rediscover or we should re-emphasize the authoritarian rights of fathers, strong dads, you know. But then on the other side of the argument, um, some scholars as well as um, um, activists, they were saying, no, we should really show the gentle side of dads and, and to be more involved in taking care of the kids. Um, not just playing with them, but changing diapers and doing you know, some of, a, of a, a dirty sort of uh, type of tasks that people want to avoid. Okay. So, so if you look at the, this is really, really quick review, but if you look at the history, it's not that the, the Japanese father's um, involvement has, um, has gone up um, in, a, um, in this ver uh, lineal direction. Because in fact, in Edo era, fathers were more involved than fathers in Meiji uh, to uh, post-World uh, War II era. And, and then, of course, after 1990s, we see the rise of Ikumen. OK, so uh, my focus, my research focus is, of course, on contemporary fathers. So let's talk about fathers in contemporary Japan. Um, as I said already, there has been an emergence of involved dads in Japan. And this, there was a question of why Ikumen now? I mean, we've, we've seen some dads who were involved in, in childcare in the past too. But why Ikumen is, um, is such a, a big popular thing right now? And these are some of the answers that I see. Um, for example, decline in birth rates. As you know, Japan has been having this so-called problem <laughs> over the, the last uh, couple of decades. In, in 1989, you probably recall 1.57 shock. And, and this was the, the birth rate, 1.57, um, which was actually lower than 1.58, which was recorded in 1966. And that was a fiery horse year. As you know, you don't want to have uh, girls in fiery horse year. Um, they will never be able to get married. Um, you know, they, their future is doomed, basically. And so, so the birth rate, if you look at Japanese birth rate, just that particular year, there's a huge drop in birth rate. OK? Um, but still. It was 1.58, huge drop. In 1989, it was 0 0.01 down percent-wise. And that was, that, was, that was why it was called shock. Japanese people, Japanese government, they were shocked at this, uh, at this lower birth rate. However, as you know, it just kept going down. In 2005, it was 1.26, which was the lowest recorded by the government. 
And, um, and since then, it has gone up a little bit, 1.3 something. Um, but, it, but anyways, um, government, Japanese government has been very concerned about this. They're afraid that in the near future, we will not have enough workers to support our uh, aging, rapidly aging population, for example. Um, and one of the, they, and so they had, they have been doing all kinds of things. You probably are familiar with the work and life balance um, law and uh, policies and such. But the other thing that the government has been emphasizing is the, um, or encouraging, is for fathers to get more involved. They, they think that fathers, if they are involved in child care and even housework, then that would encourage their wives to go out and work. And, and they think part of the reason why there's such a, a lower birth rate is because women are hesitant to have babies when they want to continue to work. Because in Japan still, there are not that many women in Japan who quit when they get married anymore. But when they have their first baby, many Japanese women still think that quitting their job is a very valid option. And, and therefore, we see the uh, drop of women's labor force after having the first baby. I, um, I come from Ochanomizu University, which is, of course, a women's university. So I ask my seminar students uh, once in a while, uh, do you want to quit after you have the first baby? And not that I'm threatening them that you should not quit, but you know I'm curious um, because you know these are supposed to be one of the top female students in Japan, and according to the the mini survey I conduct, uh, almost one third of them say, "Well, if there's no other choice, I will quit," and and other two thirds, um, maybe one third is like, "No, there's no way, nothing will stop me." But you know they're still young. They're not even married, and they're not pregnant or anything. But that's what they are thinking, anyways. And and one third is kind of not sure, but then more sort of um, inclined to to continue to work. Okay. So even among the younger women today, you know, they they one of their options is to quit after they have the first baby. Um, although if I'm consulted by them, I'd say keep working because there are so many benefits that come from continuing to work and um, like maternity leave, childcare leave, and, and so on. Okay, um, so government efforts um, have been abundant really. Uh, since, I will show you the poster later, but especially uh, since 1998, um, in 1992, Japan's childcare leave policy was changed for the first time to allow men to allow fathers to take childcare leave. But even after that, the the rate of of men taking childcare leave childcare leave never really has gone up significantly. And in 1999, we saw the first uh, major campaign by the government uh, to encourage fathers to get more involved. You probably know Amuro Namie. She's a very popular uh, pop singer. And they used her husband, Sam, who's a choreographer, a Japanese guy, and, and their baby. And they said something like, you know, you cannot be called a father if you don't care for kids or something. And that was considered quite uh, sensational, by the way, to Japanese public. Even some men who were interviewed in Shinbashi area, you know, salary man paradise, uh, they were saying, oh, that's not me. <laughs> that's just them. So there's lots of reaction like that too. But anyway, so one reason is because the government has been pushing for, for fathers to get more involved. The second reason is, um, has a lot to do, I think, in, with research in developmental psychology. Now, developmental psychology, uh, many studies uh, really look at the impact of whatever it is that surrounds children on children's emotionality, stability, independence, and so on. And there were some interesting studies in the US carried uh, by Michael Lamb, who, who is a very well-noted uh, developmental psychologist. And his findings really indicate that there are actually positive outcomes of, of father's involvement on kids. And of course, that, those findings are imported to Japan 
And a noted uh, developmental psychologist in Japan, Keiko Kashiwagi, for example, has done a, a very interesting study on dads and their children. So, so that is also another influence. Uh, third, rise of men's studies and men's movements. Now, um, men's studies uh, was first introduced by uh, Ito, uh, Professor Ito at Kyoto University, and he he studied or he, he did sabbatical, I don't remember, uh, at, I think UC Berkeley, and then he, he brought the, the concept of men's studies back to, to Japan. And around the same time, we saw a rise of several major men's movements. For example, uh, have you ever heard men's lib? <laughs> men's lib, for lack of a better word. But men's lib was quite popular and quite active in the um, 1990s in 1990s, so um, along with um, several men, other men's groups, including uh, Ikujiren, which is Child Caring Mom and Dad uh, Association. Um, and these groups were very popular in 1990s. And they kind of pushed um, many of the experiences of fathers who took child care leave for the first time they wrote books and they, they contributed articles to the newspaper and so on. So there was a, a very interesting um, um, exposure of their experiences in Japanese media, mass, mass media as well. Um, now, of course, I write in my book that the, these men's movements finally, well, eventually disappeared for, for several important reasons, one of which is that their messages are now really well absorbed among younger men, and you know, their message that, yeah, fathers should get involved. A lot of young men are aware of that, so there's nothing new about what they were sending in 1990s, yeah. Um, okay, and then fourthly, um, there was a research on maternal stress and anxiety, most of them done by Katsuko Makino, who is actually my predecessor at Ochanomizu University. Now, uh, she's a um, family sociologist who, for the first time in Japan, said that mothers are stressed out. And, and she said that primarily because in the 19, uh, late 1970s and early 1980s, there were a few cases of mothers killing their kids. And uh, up until then, people thought, okay, you're a woman, you can be the best mom, and, and there was no question about you know, women, and, and the next stage is to be a great mom. But in fact, what Makino Katsuko found is that a lot of women are under a lot of stress. They were feeling a lot of anxiety over childcare, and there were some uh, psychological uh, symptoms, uh, depression, and so on, that, they, that these mothers were experiencing, okay? And with those findings came the need for other parent, which are dads, to be more involved. And so I think the, the Makino and others' studies on maternal stress and anxiety definitely contributed to the rise of, uh, of, um, of realizing father's position as one of the you know, more important positions in the family. Okay, and then number five, uh, diverse forms of paternal involvement. Now, one of the reasons why in the US Father's studies became more popular is um, a strong sort of a grassroots level movement by divorced dads. And those divorced dads wanted to be reunited with their kids, but those days custody, custody was given to moms most of the time. Remember Kramer versus Kramer? Okay. Um, that was very typical of American dads, that they, they wanted to live with their kids, but then their uh, wives had custody and their uh, interaction was limited with their children and so on. But these dads didn't want to be just left out. And many of them, in fact, um, you know, they, they never really formed like a solid movement type group, but they were definitely interested in gaining uh, their rights back to see their kids, okay? Um, in Japan, as you know, the divorce rate is not as high as the one in the U.S., but still, um, there have been some diverse forms of paternal involvement. Remember, Hayashi Michio is the one who's at the very conservative end who said, we need to, uh, 
we need to uh, ask fathers to be strong again. And that's one form of paternal authority or involvement. But on the other hand, uh, people like Ikujiren, um, that child-caring uh, men and women um, group, and uh, women's, uh, men's live um, uh, movement type people, they were saying, no, men should be more involved with kids and they should, it's okay for them to show more emotional side of their personality and so on. But, but nonetheless, the diverse forms of paternal involvement or, or fatherhood have uh, become more accepted in Japanese society. And then finally, I talk in my book about IT technology and social media. Um, when, when I was writing the book, I actually searched how many uh, fathers groups there are in Facebook or Mixi, the Japanese, yeah. And then um, I checked uh, on Twitters, like if there are any um, conversation or Twittering about fathers and so on. And there are actually quite a few. Well, my other project uh, involves um, fathers' IT tools, uh, use of IT tools and social media, and how that is impacting their involvement in child care and their relationship with their wives and parents and kids and so on. But that's another story. Um, but anyway, I think IT technology definitely, social me media definitely, allowed these men to be uh, united or to be. Uh, to find other papa friend. Papa tomo, you know. Uh, just like mama friend usually is found on the internet or on the smartphone. My, uh, my niece had a baby um, last year and <laughs> her mom, my sister, is of course, you know, has raised two kids and she should know what to do, what not to do. But she never asks her mom for advice. She's always doing this and looking for other mama friend who can give them, uh, who can give her real-time advice. And so the connection that you make through internet is, has become very important, not just for young mamas, but young papas as well. Okay. Then let's talk more about the rise of ikumen since 2005. Uh, ikumen means child-caring men. Iku is child care, and men, men. Uh, and this word, this naming came from Ikemen. You probably heard Ikemen, good looking guy, good looking cool guy. Um, uh, and so Ikumen really uh, means fathers caring for their children, and those are cool. That is a cool thing to do. So whereas fathers in the past, you know, if they have to take care of the kids, they were seen as, oh, poor man, you know, uh, his wife has abandoned child caring for their kids and he has to do it. But he's a man, you know, he can't do it and so on. That was kind of an image. But Ikumen image definitely is that these dads who are involved, they are cool guys. Kakkoi, you know, uh, cool guys. Anyway, um, in 2010, by the way, the word Ikumen, was um, invented by a group of fathers who work at the PR agency, um, namely Dentsu, <laughs> is the biggest PR uh, agency, I think, in Japan. But anyway, um, in 2010, Japanese government sponsored or op established Ikumen Project. Ikumen Project. You've probably seen this, but in this project, um, they solicit Ikumen individuals as well as corporate supporters. And they, there is a list of men uh, and women, and there's a list of supporters, you know, group supporters like uh, companies, listed on this homepage. And they said, even the, the not prime minister, but the minister of um, health and welfare, uh, he mentioned something about, at the uh, diet meeting, he mentioned something about, we need to increase ikumen, ikumen. And he was even saying, kaji men. Kaji is housework and not fire, housework. How, we need to increase men who can do housework as well. Okay. So, uh, so that hit the news, the newspaper, and, and then Ikumen became more uh, well known. Let's see. And Ikumen Project also, they give Ikumen Award. These Ikumen uh, guys, they can write an essay and submit, and they're chosen. And, uh, and also there's a Ikumen star, star, star of Ikumen, and their photo appears in the, in the homepage and so on. 
So that's a big thing. But again, you have to think about what's behind this. You know, I talked about the, the government's efforts to, to, to increase birth rate. And that effort is seen here and there when I look at the homepage of Ikumen Project. And number three, in, in uh, 2010, uh, Ikumen was nominated in top 10 of the buzzword of the year contest. Um, what is this in Japanese? I forgot. Ryukou uh, go taisho or something. Um, and then uh, there are magazines for Ikumen, books about Ikumen. In fact, my book is, is a first uh, scholarly book, and most of the other books about Ikumen are like how to do books or experiences of uh, so many men being Ikumen and so on. Of course, there are cooking books for men. And um, when you go to the major bookstore, you see a corner that's dedicated for Ikumen, uh, like cookbooks and, and stuff. And uh, of course, I look at them. And most of the cooking books, uh, they have very uh, simple recipes. But nevertheless, when men do it, then that's significant. Yeah, that's the message you see. <laughs> and then um, Ikumen baby care goods. This is a big thing, too. For example, you see um, baby uh, carriers, uh, strollers, strollers that are made by Porsche, for example. Have you seen those brand uh, designer expensive uh, baby uh, carriers and, and strollers? And you wonder, Porsche, you know, maybe men like to push, that looks cool, you know. Ikumen himself are cool, but uh, Pushing the Porsche-made uh, uh, stroller, it makes him even more cool, you know. Um, also, the, the bag that you carry your baby, they, they started making bigger size, and they started making baby carry uh, the, the bags that you put diaper and bottles and stuff, instead of the flowery-type uh, bags that moms oftentimes buy. They make, like, plain color bags, so men would not feel kind of embarrassed by uh, carrying those. So it's a big business now in Japan. Ikumen is a big business. Okay, and then Ikumen Network Communities, I talked about this already. And, and then there is an um, emergence of Fathering Japan, a new NPO. And you probably heard father, Fathering Japan, Fazaringu Japan. And the big difference between Fathering Japan and other uh, groups that existed in 1980s and 90s and eventually kind of disappeared, is that Fathering Japan is calling themselves a social business. Social business, which means everybody who wants to join this group has to pay uh, dues, has to pay some kind of fees. And when they do pay fees, then they do expect something from that organization, right? And indeed, Fathering Japan offers all kinds of classes and, and uh, workshops and um, even g uh, give funding for, for some fathers and, and so on. I listed here uh, fathering classes, that's really popular. Fathering homestay is offered for college students who go to families in which fathers are really involved in child care and they get to stay like for one afternoon and they get to observe what fathers are doing. And th that is called fathering homestay, okay? And then, grandpa classes. Have you ever heard the word ikuji? Not ikumen, but ikuji. Ji is older man, grandpa, grandpa. And so now, um, ikuji, they think that they're cool because they're called ikuji instead of ojichan, you know? And, and so they offer courses, classes, workshops for Ikuji as well. Very interesting. Okay, and then number eight, um, role models Ikumen. You see on TV, in magazines, and, and so on. Um, Bunkyo Ward, where Ochanomizu University is located, the, the head of Bunkyo Ward took childcare leave. And, and so he was considered as a, as a role model. So did um, some of the prefectural governors. The one I can think of now is uh, the Hiroshima prefectural governor. He took a childcare leave too. And some celebrities, 
And when these, uh, you know, well-known people, not well-known, but noted people take childcare leave, then it hits the news and everybody looks at it, oh, wow, you know. But the thing is, are they really role models <laughs> is what I question. I mean, you, not everybody can become the governor of the prefecture. Not everybody can become the, the, um, the ward head. So, and not many can become the celebrity. So I'm not really sure if we can call them role model. Maybe they are um, part model, <laughs> you know, not the entire uh, model. But anyway, whenever these uh, famous people take childcare leave, it hits the news, definitely. Now then, let me just briefly talk about declining birth rate. Um, there's been a steady decline in Japanese birth rate since mid-1970s. And as you can see, it, it has gone down and 2.2 babies on average per woman, and in 2009, it's 1.37. And there are some reason, reasons for decline in birth rate. Um, for example, women's higher educational achievement and participation in labor force, they, were, uh, they are one of the, uh, I mean, two of the important reasons why there's been a decline in birth rate. And I wanted to show you this interesting thing too. Um, delay in marriage is definitely causing decline of birth rates because women can have babies only up to a certain age. And if, if she is getting married later uh, in age, then the chances of having more babies will decline. I mean, that's just a natural logic. And um, 20 years ago, three highs, men with three highs were very popular. Height, high education, and high income. So tall, high education, and, and high, um, high income. Those are the ideal husbands that Japanese women were looking for. But nowadays, Japanese women want men with three L's. Low risk, which is like a, a civil worker. They never get fired, so it's a low risk to be married to them. Low dependence, meaning Japanese younger women today want somebody who do not want to, who do not depend on them. They are on their own kind of thing. And then low attitude is um, okay. Low attitude is, is similar to low dependence, but um, you know, never like demanding I'm a strong man and that kind of thing. They want just the opposite. So you can see the, the kind of men, men they, they like to get married have really been changed. There's also a three hands uh, explanation of Japanese women, um, younger women today who want to get married. They want men who, who can give hands, helping, although I don't really agree, like men should not just have, be helping, <laughs> they should be equally participating. But giving hands, holding hands, love, and exchanging hands, like, you know, be flexible in, in playing, performing different roles and so on. Um, and of course, there's been an increase in, in ever singles. In, in family sociology, we call them never married. But I don't like that term. Never married sound like there's something wrong with you. So I call them ever singles. Um, and then, of course, in Japan, housing problem. You know how Japanese um, live in a very narrow apartments and houses and so on. And, and physically, it's, it's, it's a challenge to have more babies. Okay. And financial, cost of having children. They say it, it costs at least 10 million yen per child from birth to the end of college years. So you do need a lot of money to raise a child in, in Japan, especially in Tokyo. And then of course, um, this is what the government has been emphasizing, that lack of husband's involvement in childcare definitely uh, contributes women's lack of uh, motivation to pursue, or to pursue their careers or to keep working. This is the campaign that I was talking about, Minister of Health and Welfare. There was an appeal for greater paternal involvement, TV commercials and posters. And here, this is Sam. This is Amuro and Sam's baby. And, and it says, A man who doesn't raise his children can't be called a father. This was the first major campaign that the Japanese government has conducted in order to arouse interest among fathers to be more involved. But of course, um, maybe, when we look back, it was too much of a shocking kind of event for <laughs> typical Japanese dads, salaryman type uh, dads. Oh, and then this one in 2008, work-life balance campaign. Have you ever 
seen this? It says, Hitotsu hataraki kata wo kaite mi yo. Let's change one style of work,、uh, work style. And kaeru, Japan, you know, frog, kaeru,、uh, change Japan. Kaeru means、uh, change, and kaeru also means go home. Yeah. And this was、uh, actually only、um, 40% of Japanese even know about this, which is kind of sad because they put a lot of money, but the But it, it has not really become the public、um, phenomenon yet. Okay, and then I wanted to talk about childcare leave policy.、Um, there are several revisions in two,、uh, since, 2000, <laughs> since 1992.、Um, I'm going to skip this slide though.、Um, I want to talk about these new changes. This was revised、um, in 2000, 2010, and these are the major changes.、Uh, Again, you can see that the government's efforts to get more men involved in childcare.、Uh, husbands of homemaker wives are allowed to take the leave. Prior to this, they couldn't.、Um, if husbands take the leave during wife's maternity leave, eight weeks after the birth, they can later obtain the second leave. Prior to this, fathers only could take one leave.、Um, and then, number three, if husbands take it, the leave can be extended to 12 months. And it's called Mama and Papa Extra Leave. It's, it's much like a father papa quota in Norway, for example, or papa month in Sweden. And then、uh, this is important penalty will be imposed on companies that do not obey this law. Prior to this, it was like a,、um, employment, equal employment opportunity law, which if you, if you do discriminate against women, then you should be, you should be penalized. But There was really no penalty.、Um, for a long time, childcare leave was like that. But, but unfortunately, though, since 2010, I have not really, there, there are a few lawsuits, but other than that, I haven't really seen any companies that were、uh, imposed some kind of penalty because they, didn't, they said no to their employees、um, to take childcare leave. I wanted to emphasize, though, that、um, in 2010, In 2010, 2009, the child, men who were taking childcare leave has doubled. But even then, it was like 1.6% to 2.6%.、Um, so very low still. But we have, to, we have to be really careful. Men childcare leave 2010 is red and 2008 is blue. And Of course, if you look,、uh, okay, three to six months,、uh, there are more men taking three to six months leave. And then、um, these, there were no, nobody really who took in 2008、uh, these leaves. And if you look at less than a month, certainly there are more guys,、uh, more men, more fathers who are taking childcare leave here than in 2008. However, less than a month, and if you look at the figure,、um, Most of them have taken one to four days leave. And I have to emphasize that most of these men take, have taken one to two day leave, actually. So even though we see the double increase of men taking childcare leave in Japan, most of them are taking one to two day leave, which is、uh, in quite a, a contrast to women who take on average 10 months to 12 months childcare leave. So, there's still a huge gap. So, please don't be tricked when you see the double increase of men taking childcare leave. But, yeah, if they take even one day, then their body is counted as one man. So, there's a big trick here. Okay,、uh, this is the extent of Japanese fathers' childcare involvement. And this was an international study in 2005. And Japanese fathers.、Um, Took、uh, 3.1 hours、uh, per day spending time with kids, and then mothers, 7.6 hours. And when you look at these international surveys, what you notice is a huge gap, the largest gap actually between Japanese fathers and mothers spending time with their kids. And you may think, oh, 3.1 hour a day? That's a, that's a long time. But please, this includes like、uh, trying to put your child to sleep. You know, or watching TV together, sort of a non interactive hours. Those are also included. And then uh, Japanese uh, men's participation in childcare and housework. Japanese fathers,、uh, 10.1% said they do it quite often or they do it、um, 
so-so. <laughs> no, uh, these are, you know, who said yes, strong yes, and kind of soft yes. And if you compare the figures in the U.S. and even Korea, Japanese dads were not doing as much. Okay. And then um, this is a paternal involvement um, by Jiji uh, Tsushinsha. And you can see Japanese dads, many of them are giving bath to their kids. And of course, Japanese bathtub, as you know, is easy. Uh, <laughs> easy for, for dad and, and child to take bath, right, together. Because they never use soap inside. So it's not like you're washing your body and washing the kid's body at the same time. So Japanese ofuro, bath, the, the type, the form itself is very friendly for father and child um, taking bath together. Playing together is also uh, there. Um, but when, when it comes to changing diapers, feeding, sleeping, uh, taking them to daycare centers, these gone, uh, these, for these activities, Japanese fathers' participation go down. So even, even though Japanese dads are taking care of their kids, when it comes to you know, the contents of their involvement, there is a gap still between mothers and fathers. Okay. I'm going to skip this. I'm taking so much time. Uh, my research question is, why and how do some men actively participate in childcare, rather than um, why don't they participate in childcare? Uh, I heard about your project on happiness. And I actually propose in my book an approach of um, positive sociology. <laughs> positive sociology. Sociologists tend to look at the, the social problem issues in the past, but I really feel that we should look at uh, what works rather than what doesn't work. A and therefore, I've been proposing positive sociology, especially in the study of, of fathers. Now, these are the data that I, that I want to talk about briefly. Uh, questionnaire survey data, fathers with preschool kids, a mail survey and web sur survey we, we've done, we've used several different formats. And interview data, in-depth interviews to members of Ikujiren, Women and Men for Child Care Network in Japan. They have a homepage. If you go to EQG, uh, you can reach their homepage. And there's some English descriptions. And this is the, the organization of uh, corporate fathers between 29 and 45. And many of them have taken childcare leave. OK, let me just briefly talk about some of these antecedents to paternal involvement. When I say antecedents, I'm talking about the factors that contribute to the increase of father's involvement, or maybe decrease, for that matter. Uh, relative resources, which usually we measure with income and education of, of dads and moms. And supposedly, if dad has much more education and much higher income than their spouses, then he is less likely to be involved in childcare and housework, you know, not unpaid work. Okay. And time availability, uh, if it's a father um, who spends a lot more time at home, then he is more likely to get involved. Gender ideology, uh, more liberal, more involvement. Household demands, um, there, if there's more demand uh, because of the age of the child or the number of kids and so on, then more involvement of fathers. Workplace environment, more uh, father-friendly, uh, family-friendly environment, more dads are uh, likely to take uh, childcare leave or um, you know, involved at, uh, in daycare. I mean, in daycare, in childcare. Marital satisfaction, the happier, more involvement, or it could be vice versa, you know. <laughs> more involvement of dads, uh, happier. That, that is possible, too. Maternal gatekeeping, have you ever heard this? Um, if, a wife is, um, if a wife is encouraging their husbands to be, um, um, to be participating in childcare, that would, that would help him to get more involved. You know, many times uh, Japanese wives may think, oh, this is my territory. Don't even step in. You know, like kitchen or, or, or maybe their child-caring activities and so on. But if they open that gate, allow husbands to be involved, then husbands are indeed more likely to invo be involved in child care and housework. Okay, um, child care skills and standards. Um, this is known as Ishii-kun's hypothesis, but let's just skip that. Um, meaning the higher skills, higher standards, more. Um, in Japan, these are the, the major findings um, in our research. Relative resources usually is, is, uh, are supported in Japanese case, meaning um, 
if there's a, if husband and wife's ages, ages are similar, if their incomes are similar and education, educational levels are similar, then they're more likely to be um, um, doing together their, their housework and childcare. Uh, but wives do more even though she may be earning more income and or more highly educated. There's an interesting research finding on this too. Um, time availability also, this hypothesis is also supported. Um, gender ideology is supported, household demands, workplace environment, and maternal gatekeeping. I'm not going to explain in detail about each of them, but these are the hypotheses that have been supported in my research and other research as well. Um, consequences of paternal involvement, if you look at what fathers' involvement do for their kids and so on, there have been uh, many studies that report um, that paternal involvement has a positive impact on kids' emotional stability, sociability, and assertiveness. And in terms of effects on wives, um, there has been a, a noted decline in maternal anxiety, maternal stress, which also lead to positive child-rearing of mothers. So this is good um, for mom and for kids as well. And effects on couple relationship, um, there's definitely, if a father is more involved, there's definitely more frequent communication. But please note that they're not necessarily satisfied. <laughs> Many times these couples who, who do things together, they get into fights just, just as much or even more. Because you know they, they do try to negotiate, which means that they bring in whatever uh, their views are. And then there, you know, there's some um, uh, conflicts there. And then effects on fathers themselves. Um, there's a reported sense of growth among themselves, and they they feel many of them feel that they have become more flexible. Okay. And then these are the interview data. Let me just go over them very quickly again. Uh, Ikujiren is a Tokyo-based association, and they hold monthly meetings and so on. This is their homepage. This is uh, they've done some interesting campaigns. Um, in in um, response to the government's campaign, they created a poster. They even wrote a letter to British Prime Minister Tony Blair in 2000 when he became a father. And I think he ended up taking like a one week of childcare leave. Not necessarily because of the letter they sent, but um, they hope to, you know, I mean, they're hoping that their letter made a difference. Um, and this is their poster. Um, I was also there. I'm a participant observer, so I was there when they were taking photos. Uh, and here it says, um, you know, if if you don't call us a father, um, if we don't get involved, then give us a time to become a father or something. You know, they they're demanding government's um, uh, understanding for for fathers who do want to get involved. Some of the major findings from my research, uh, qualitative research, father-friendly workplace. What, which um, has like, uh, which allows men, well, it's a law, but which are uh, encouraging men or who um, they have seminars and such for about childcare leave and childcare hours and flex time, those men are more likely to, to take childcare leave. Time availability uh, is the same. Um, childcare, demand at home, relative resources, uh, strong paternal identity and role. This. Oftentimes, when you talk to dads who have taken childcare leave and so and so on, they they emphasize, "I feel this really strong sense of fathers, uh, fatherhood," and and they say sometimes, "Oh, maybe it's because I love my wife," and you hardly hear the word love from Japanese men. You know, they don't. It's not the everyday thing to say, "I love you, honey," or anything like that. So it's interesting how they emphasize their couple relationship. Um, as well as uh, their commitment as a father. And role models, if they have a, a role model in their company who has taken childcare leave in the past, then they're more likely to be taking childcare leave as well. Okay, this is the last slide. Um, there are several implications I want to make. Um, I think we need to change structurally and attitudinally. Um, in terms of structural changes, um, there's definitely a need to increase in compensation for childcare. Right now, not every, I mean, people who, men who take childcare leave, or even women, uh, they're not guaranteed 100% salary, which is, you know, is what we need. Um, and then uh, provision of father-friendly workplace is important. Uh, decrease in father's work hours, which is rather simple to say, but, but difficult to, to get it done. 
but but the government uh, gender equality bureau in particular i'm i'm a member of one of their uh, research committees but this is a serious um, problem and how you know how japanese government loves to put some uh, goals in terms of figures like what percentage of fathers they want to see into by 2020 you know taking the childcare leave they are desperate to reach those goals so i'm in a work and life balance uh, team and we just did another follow-up survey and we're trying to see you know which areas we haven't covered so so the government is is actually uh, working on this increase in fathers paid leave yeah it's not just the the you know decrease in work hours many men in japan they are not taking paid leave and and some of them just forego um, without taking and they lose paid leave attitudinal change family life education and home economics home economics is a co-ed required subject in japan sad thing is you don't see home ec as one of the subjects in the entrance exam and this really is reflecting i believe in the lack of interest and lack of motivation among students to study home economics but home economics is is one subject where we can introduce paternal roles or maternal roles for that matter and even women's career and in fact as ochanomizu university has all the way from nursery to to postgraduate uh, program and we have um we have many um Many students in my department want to become home ec teachers. And they do uh, uh, practice, practicing, uh, pra teaching practicum yeah, in their elementary school, not elementary, uh, junior high and high school. And whenever I go to observe, um, they are lecturing about father's roles. And I see students either sleeping or chatting. And I feel like saying, please be quiet. Uh, but of course, I don't. And I don't, I don't really see the, the huge motivation. Um, you know, there's definitely a lack of enthusiasm among junior high students that I observe uh, trying to learn this. Um, in my book, I talk about computerized baby that was introduced in health education in the US. Computerized babies are, are like, like real babies. They weigh the same, they cry every so many hours, and if, they don't, if you don't do anything, they keep crying, and if you do something nice, they coo, like <laughs> Anyway. Um, those are expensive um, um, materials, but still, I even suggested the, the Gender Equality Bureau that we should consider something like this. In fact, uh, one of the um, uh, Tokorozawa or uh, Tana City, uh, in their class for men, um, expect <laughs> men whose wives are expecting, they introduce computerized babies. So at least in one locale, they started doing this. And then um, prenatal fathering education, that has been uh, conducted in many wards and, and cities. But the, the unfortunate thing is that it is not always well attended. So we need to do something and, and we need to educate these uh, fathers in order to say, uh, see the changes in attitudes. Okay, I went over rather quickly toward the end and I, I went over the, the time limit, sorry. Um, these are some of the selected references. Um, some of the readings that you may find. And if you can't find, you can email me <laughs> and I can send you some articles. Okay, thank you very much for your attention. Thank you.